Welcome to the In Our Network podcast. I'm your host, Kyla Kaplan, and I'm so excited to be sharing this passion project of mine where I have conversations with inspiring women in various industries around career accomplishments, how to overcome setbacks, and so much more. Today, I'm joined by Ali Grant. She's the founder and CEO of Be Social Group, an influencer marketing agency based in Los Angeles. Be Social has recently been acquired by Dolphin Entertainment, putting the company alongside some of entertainment's greatest. In today's episode, Ali and I talk about how she founded her company and found her niche within the industry, the importance of mentorship, and how to overcome imposter syndrome. I'll be linking her social media in the show notes, but in the meantime, enjoy the episode. Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so excited to have you. Before we get started, I do want to play a quick game of this or that. So just going to be saying two things and then you pick. So the first, Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Morning emails or evening emails? Evening, I think. Evening. Do you normally write it in the evening and then have it scheduled to send out in the morning? I don't do scheduling thing. I know tons of girls in my office do that. I don't do that though. I just like send. Like if I have a thought at midnight, I just like send out the email. It's probably really stressful for people, but... (laughs) I feel like people don't check. So I, yeah. like, I, I also don't like scheduling just because if I think of something, I'm like, oh, maybe I want to edit this and then I'll just yeah. go back, edit it. So morning workout or evening workout? Morning for sure. But I feel like with my schedule recently, I've been having to do them at night more. And I feel like I'm just like not as motivated at night. Yeah, I feel you. Like I'm definitely a morning workout person as well. Video on in meetings or off in meetings? Off. I like dead dead video. (laughs) I think with the whole work from home, I'm literally like, I catch myself on the video. I'm like, wow, okay. (laughs) Do your hair and like get dressed. (laughs) I feel like video on in the beginning of everything was kind of expected, but I feel like now it's like, it it doesn't matter if you don't have it on more with the person though it's more so I don't like it because I'm like oh I actually have to get dressed (laughs) yeah no fair enough do you normally turn it on for like client meetings yeah we'll do video and yeah um, yeah most we mostly do google hangouts and then the last one is do you prefer listening to music while you're working or just have a complete silence that's a good one because I used to like in the beginning of quarantine like I had my music on like my sonos on Mm-hmm. And then now recently I realized I'm just sitting in silence and back <laughs> in our office, we had like music playing. So I feel like I need to like start playing music again. Cause it's like a little bit eerie when I'm just like sitting in my house with like <laughs> complete silence. Yeah. I feel you. I feel like a lot of people like to listen to relaxing classical music, but oh. I'm definitely not that way. I uh, like just listening to I'm my normal stuff. Yeah. It's something more like upbeat on for sure. Yeah. So before we get started, I wanted to say a huge congratulations to you and the B Social team on getting acquired by Dolphin Entertainment. That's amazing news and congratulations to you guys. It's yeah, really exciting, kind of a wild ride and like not something I was like seeking out or expecting. And so I'm really thankful for the whole process and learned a lot along the way. And it's been a really good adjustment for be social so it's all good yeah that's actually a question that I had later on was 
a pinch me moment and you know that in itself is probably such a huge pinch me moment for you for sure I think just having people interested in what I had built and like wanting to acquire it or be a part of it in some way was like major pinch me moment because I just I never thought that would really happen you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's just an interesting unique feeling for sure yeah no that's definitely huge um just along those lines so you started be social when you were 24 prior to that you know what were you in school for and kind of what was your experience like right after graduating Mm -hmm. so I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo which is a university in a small town like north of Santa Barbara it's pretty popular California school but I think outside of California people are like what (laughs) what is that Um, but it was a great school great little town I had like the best time of my life Um, I studied journalism with an emphasis in public relations. So really honed in on, you know, what I thought I wanted to do from like day one freshman year. And obviously I now I'm doing that. So stayed on that track Um, throughout college. I did tons of internships. Um, So at ad agencies, at brands, I think almost every summer I had some sort of internship lined up. And I felt like that really helped me understand what I wanted to do when I graduated. And then when I graduated, I was super stressed, didn't know what I wanted to do. I sort of kind of like jumped into the first thing that I could, um, which mostly I think I was just stressed about making money and supporting myself. So um, I always tell people, if you have the luxury of sort of waiting it out, try and find the job you really, really want to do and don't jump into it. But of course, not all of us can do that because we need to make money. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I didn't have tons of savings. Um, so I did PR for a tech platform. Um, it was like an e-commerce platform, um, sort of like a Shopify. So it was like the mm-hmm. backup engine for a bunch of brands to help them sell online. And so I was doing PR across tons of different industries, which was really interesting from tech to fashion to like literally gaming, like anything, you name it. Um, so I did that for a while. So really like traditional PR. Um, writing press releases, outreach, um, some marketing, some sales, like a lot of different things. And then um, I moved to a digital agency where we were focusing on Facebook and Twitter and like basically the start of Instagram. And I found that really interesting. So I was like, okay, social media is really cool. I took some classes in it in college, but I hadn't done it really like from a brand perspective and a marketing perspective is more of like a fun hobby for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that. And then Basically, I had the idea of wanting to start an agency where you sort of combined, you know, new mediums like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, bloggers, influencers, and like traditional stuff like events and PR and editorial and magazines. And so that's what I I did. And I sort of just, um, you know, got some clients, launched a website and like tried to hustle as hard as I could to see if I could make it into something. Starting off in the social and advertising space, did you ever think that that was something you wanted to do long term? Because, you know, Be Social does focus on influencer marketing and specifically PR, but did you ever think to marry the two and kind of run with both services? No, so it's actually not. And we used to do social media content creation for brands, but we stopped doing that. It's just sort of a a difficult service to provide a brand. And I actually think brands should take, you know, social media for the most part in-house because it's really good to have like 
someone day in and day out running your social who like understands the brand. And of course there's consultants and agencies who do it really, really well and is their core focus, but it wasn't our core focus. So uh, we stopped that and now we're really focused on influencer and editorial services and then our talent management. Um, and then we don't do like ads or anything on social, but we partner with agencies who do do that. Yeah, I think it's really important to find your niche in the industry and, you know, really hone in on those skills. And that's exactly what you guys have done. That's why you are the experts in the industry and why you are doing so well. When it comes to pinpointing a specific experience or maybe a time in your life where it really kind of clicked for you with PR, because I know you mentioned that you did a few internships and you, you know, kind of bounced around into the ad tech space, but what specifically about PR made you consider doing it long term and eventually starting your own company? Yeah, I mean, I think it really just goes back to like every time I saw a press placement or an article go out for like the client or brand I was working on, there was like immediate ROI and there was immediate web traffic lift or social following increase or, you know, sales increase. And so I just, I really saw the value in this type of work for brands, not only from like awareness, but credibility and like actually driving sales. So I think that's kind of where I was like, I know this is a career I want to do because I know it works and I've seen it firsthand work. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the influencer industry has grown tremendously over the past decade, but I still feel like people don't truly understand the amount of hard work and effort it takes to truly build a successful brand as well as you know, how to get to that point where you are profitable and you are maintaining that ROI. When it came to building your audience as well as your client base, what was that like for you? Because you are based in LA and the company is based there and it really is the hub for a lot of influencers and with that comes with a lot of competitors. So what was your experience like growing your company and growing your client base? Yeah, I think being here in LA um, is important because we're able to go to events. We're able to meet the influencers in person. A lot of our clients are here. I mean, I guess I'm sort of talking like pre-COVID talk. I think now you can sort of <laughs> do anything from wherever. Yeah. But um, no, I think being in LA is certainly an advantage for this industry and this field, just like you know, for real editorial work, being in New York is probably the best city to be in because all the editors are there. Um, but I think also it's extremely competitive. There's, you know, tons of agencies doing exactly what we do. So trying to stand out is is no, it's, it's difficult, basically. <laughs> so I'm assuming relationships played a big role in how you got new clients and how you maintain clients to this day. How did you and your team navigate through building genuine and authentic relationships, especially in an industry where it might not always be that way? First and foremost, like I always tell my staff this, it's like lead with compassion, like be kind. You don't know where someone will land or what they'll do next. Like, and I think also another thing we're good at is like trying to answer every email and every phone call that comes our way. Because again, like Someone might have a small following now, but they might be the next Addison Ray. Like you have no clue. Right. So I think if our entire team is like leading with just being nice and humble and like, I think that opens a lot of doors for us and, um, you know, really taking care and nurturing our relationships is super important as well. And 
um, that takes, you know, effort and time. And when we're doing influencer outreach, it's like, you know, knowing when the influencer's birthdays are or big milestones or like, just like any relationship, like a friend or a boyfriend or whatever, like you need to put effort in and you need to care about the things they care about. Um, so I think those are some of the things that like we work on as a team. Definitely. I think that's so important that you guys are really maintaining those genuine relationships because I feel like a lot of people and influencers specifically probably think they are just a number on, you know, a report and the analytics. So that's great to hear that you guys are truly invested in your talent and really growing your relationship with them. So this industry, of course, is so volatile. It's always changing. How do you and the Be Social team evolve with the ongoing trends and new platforms? How do you guys stay on top of that? I think it's, you know, making sure we're obviously like reading all of the proper like websites and news articles and staying on top of trends. And when a new platform comes out, like make, making sure we're really like learning the ins and outs of it. I think TikTok is a perfect example of a new platform that totally took everyone by surprise. I think initially when I saw it rolling out, I was like, yeah, that's probably not going to go anywhere. Well, jokes on me because it's, you know, <laughs> such a huge platform now. And so, you know, we're putting in investment and time to not only get to know the TikTok team and understand best practices and how we can roll that out for brands and the creators we represent. But I think it's just like staying, you know, in tune with the industry and on top right. of it sort of going on. Yeah, I think TikTok, honestly, it was so crazy how all of that kind of came to life. You've been in the industry for... Well, you started Be Social in 2012. Yeah, yeah so you've, you're like a vet in the industry. You've been in it for, you know, quite a bit of time. How has everything changed since you kind of started? I think it's been like I've seen like just a hyper focus on Instagram. I think initially like we were interested in working with creators and influencers across like blogs and you know different platforms and now I feel like every brand just wants to be on Instagram and now we're seeing brands want to you know do TikTok so I think it was just like the blow up of Instagram was probably like the biggest change I saw and where like every brand was like okay I don't care about Facebook anymore I want to you know I just want to have an Instagram strategy and what is my content there and this huge emphasis on content creation and being consistent and like beautiful photography and things like that. That's probably like the biggest change I saw from like whatever that was eight years ago to now. I feel like the media mix has drastically changed whether it's over the past few years and we've seen it now with TikTok and how fast it's grown as a company and as an advertiser so it's really crazy to see that something like TikTok or any platform for that matter could really disrupt the industry this much. You touched on finding your niche and really the importance of honing in on those particular skills. How did you navigate through launching Be Social and focusing on influencer PR? Because like you mentioned, you did have background in agency and ad tech. So how were you able to make that decision to really just focus on influencer marketing? 
Totally. No, it really is. And I think initially we obviously had a lot more services, like I talked about earlier, like we used to do social creation and things like that. And I think a lot of like that stemmed from being like a yes person and wanting to do it all and like wanting to hustle and keep the lights on and make money and like evolving. But I think what I learned is like every time I said yes to something that maybe wasn't a perfect fit, it sort of closed the doors for something that could be a really good fit. And so after I kept seeing that happen time and time again, I realized that it was time to like laser focus our services, focus on what we're good at and be like experts in that versus trying to sort of like wheel and deal and do a little bit of everything. Cause our team and myself personally, it was just, it was spreading us thin and we weren't amazing at any particular thing. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. When it comes to, you know, your journey and your career, do you have any important career moments that you've taken with you, you know, starting your company and even to now? I think, I mean, not anything like super particular, but I think just the fact that there are so many like ups and downs in entrepreneurship and like being able to roll with those. I think every obstacle that I've come across, like I'm so much better coming out of it. And I'm really like thankful for those learnings. And so I feel like, you know, the next thing that comes in front of me that I feel like I can't overcome, I'm like, no, I can like looking back at what I have been able to overcome. And I also think, you know, working through things like imposter syndrome, or, you know, feeling like you just like aren't good enough or not experienced enough. Like I'm really big on the term, like learn by doing. And I think if you like take that practice into like your profession or creating a company, like, you know, you will get it done. You'll figure it out and you might make mistakes along the way, but it's going to be okay in the end. Just like realizing that. I feel like also the best way to learn is you know, really just getting thrown into it. I think, you know, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are scared, but it's like, honestly, that's how you'll learn, especially with, you know, social and just the industry and how it's changing. Like you're never going to stop learning. There's always a new platform to learn. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think especially with our industry and digital, it's like, again, it's not like rocket science. It's not like surgery. We're not doctors. Like those are, <laughs> those are industries where yes, you really need to know what you're doing before you do. Um, but I think with social media and this industry, it's like, you know, I might be an expert today, but because it's so like fast moving and changing, like tomorrow, I might not even know what like the coolest platform is, you know? So yeah. it's just new experts pop up every day. And so there's so much room to kind of dive in and like do your own thing. And I would say like, don't feel stressed or intimidated if this is an industry you want to get into. Did you struggle with imposter syndrome at all? I know a lot of people do. I think everyone does. It's hard not to. I think, you know, starting a company at the age that I did with like very little experience, I think that was obviously part of it. But I think that's just something, you know, in your profession, business, personal, I think everyone sort of deals with that. Um, I guess my piece of advice would be like, I remember when like I would be in a room with someone who's 32 years old, which is how old I am now today and be like, oh my gosh, she has it all together. She must like totally know what's happening. Like she's so experienced. And now I'm 32, like, and I look at someone else who's older than me in the room, like, oh my gosh, she must have it all together. (laughs) So it just sort of doesn't end. And I think it's, I mean, it's a difficult thing to not think about. Um, I think if you think like everyone's sort of in the same boat might help you a little bit. 
you were starting a company at such a young age and you were surrounded by people that were marketing executives or people that did have, you know, 5, 10, 15 years of experience on you. How did you find your voice in the industry and how did you overcome that? Yeah, I think luckily within this industry, like the fact that I was so young was sort of like a benefit because I'd be in a room with like marketing executives that were, you know, asking me, what do we do with our Instagram? And these were people who probably don't even have the app on their phone. So I think I was certainly like having like some advantage in those standpoints. But I think if you're in an industry where that's not the case, I mean, obviously like having the knowledge and knowing what to say and like looking and sounding confident will certainly work. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess the fake it till you make it thing is is a real thing. And I, you know, I don't know, it's a hard thing, but I think for me personally in my situation, the fact that I was young was actually sort of seen as advantageous because again, a lot of these had no idea about these apps or what they meant. Yeah, I feel like that's still definitely the case in a way and that some people in the industry still look to new hires and young professionals for that fresh perspective. So it's nice to know that when you were starting out in the industry and when you were gathering that experience that it was very much thought of as advantageous. When it comes to hiring new people on your team, what advice do you have for people that are, you know, looking to find a new job and really looking to just get responses when it comes to the hiring process? Because I know that, you know, more often than not, it's hard to get a response and it's hard to really get your foot in the door without a connection. Mm -hmm. I'm not really big on like the resume. I like barely look at like where they've worked before or like Mm -hmm. the university they went to. I mean, it's good to see what like experience they have, but I think what I can really gather the most is just like having like an initial phone call, hearing enthusiasm and excitement for the potential job or internship at hand. Um, Like I love to hire people that have a hustle and are excited and like will bring like positive, good energy to the workplace. So I think if you have an opportunity to do a phone interview or something like that, um, you know, just make sure you sound really confident and excited and happy and just enthusiastic. Like it goes so far. And I've totally interviewed people where it's like, they're just sound so disinterested on the phone yeah. and I don't think it's on purpose. It's just like, they didn't prepare in a way to, you know, sound differently. So yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I would say like excitement, hustle, enthusiasm for like the potential job at hand is really what I'm looking for. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people as well kind of forget the research portion of applying for jobs. It's like get to know the CEO, the founder, the people, the culture. I think that's That's so important. Exactly. Do you have any advice for, you know, if they're not able to get their foot in the door with a phone call? Like what, because you mentioned that you don't really focus too much on the resume, but is there anything that on the resume would really catch your eye? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, make sure the resume is clean, no like spelling errors, looks nice. Like in our industry, like make sure it's well designed and like, mm-hmm. you know, looks aesthetically pleasing. I would also say make sure your LinkedIn is updated as well, because I think that's typically something we look at as well, kind of yeah. seeing connected to who. Um, gather references if you can. 
And if you, if someone like knows someone at the company that you're um, applying to, like a warm introduction goes so far. I think, you know, 90% of the time we don't see all the applications that come through our doors because it's just like, there's so many coming into our careers email that we can't even look at all of them. So I think whenever we get some sort of warm introduction, that's like so helpful because we're like, okay, we know this person knows this person, they're vouching for them. So I think that's really beneficial. Relationships are definitely key. I feel like they take you much farther than anything else because a warm introduction means so much more than, you know, having a really great resume. But what has your experience been like when it's come to informational interviews and people wanting to know more about you and the business and not necessarily reaching out to you for a job? Yeah, uh, we get a handful of those actually weekly, um, whether it's like for you universe program or just general interest. Um, I do think LinkedIn is a great place to reach out. Not all of the messages are seen, um, but I think it's a good start. Also just send, you know, an email kind of explaining what you're looking to do and what you're looking to get out of it. Um, I get phone requests a lot, which is a little bit difficult. And I, I think like maybe the first step could be sort of like a email interview to begin with. And then, you know, from there, see where it goes. But yeah, I wish, I mean, I had done that when I was um, you know, looking to get into the industry, but I was sort of like afraid to reach out to people. I would say, don't be afraid and just go for it. Yeah, it can definitely be daunting, but I mean, a lot of people are willing to help and just give that information. Did you ever have experiences when it came to mentorship? I didn't have a mentor and I wish I had. Um, I think, you know, being able to learn from someone in the industry who's done it before you is so valuable. Um, so we launched our own mentorship program at Be Social called Be Social Uni. And so we're doing our first program. So we're mentoring five recently graduated or still in university students um, and taking them through a five-week program. So I'm really excited about that, something new for us. And I think it's a fun way for us to sort of give back and, you know, share our knowledge as a team. That's awesome. Is that something that you guys are doing once a year or is that like twice a year? I think we're going to do, so this would be considered our fall program. We'll do fall, winter, spring, and summer if all goes well. Um, so that's kind of the plan for now. Awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people will definitely be interested in the mentorship program. So I'll leave some information in the show notes. But when it comes to managing a business and really pushing through the hard times of starting a business, especially at the age of 24, what did you do when you felt a little discouraged and unmotivated? And how did you overcome those struggles? Which happens all the time. Um, I think, you know, obviously as a service related company, like I think about like our clients and what more we can do for them and the excitement that they have when exciting partnerships get made and created and, you know, big wins that we all get to celebrate together. So I definitely think of like the good times when I'm, you know, faced with something that's like challenging in front of me. For sure. I think it's really important to continue having that positive mindset, especially when 
you go into those types of situations. What has the experience been like for you growing the leadership at Be Social as well as the culture and the environment? How important has that been over the past eight years for you? Well, I think it's extremely important. And I think that's something I learned much later in the game. You know, starting a company at such a young age, I didn't have management experience, especially as relating to employees. Um, And so I think what we had in the beginning was a real lack of culture. And that, you know, in turn created not the best environment. And so I have put, you know, more resources and investment in creating culture and, you know, trying to instill that within our staff. And I think it's, you know, it's really helped us continue to grow and get and retain new employees. And I think, you know, if I could do it over, I would have started day one with a really clear handbook, a really clear mission statement and culture and something I wanted to build out. But Unfortunately, I just didn't know about those things and we were growing so quick that I couldn't keep up that I couldn't really bring someone in to help build that for us. Culture is huge. I feel like a lot of employees will stay at a company just because of the culture. Of course, the work environment has to be good as well, but I think culture does play a big role, especially when people are weighing out their options between two particular job offers. I think culture does play a big role in that decision. What has been your favorite way to gain more information in the industry? You know, we talked about how new trends and new platforms are always popping up in the industry. What has been your favorite go-to way to really digest that type of information? I really like Create Cultivate. I think they put out a lot of great content, um, just even following them on social and seeing the things that they have done. Um, So I love that. Um, I also like women in influencer marketing, which is sort of a networking group. Um, They have a Facebook group that's really helpful too. And so people are sharing information and contacts and things like that. Um, So those are kind of some of the things that I, I use. And then I'm always just like scanning Instagram and looking at like different, you know, accounts and profiles, like looking at different like news article sites and, you know, things like that. Also listening to podcasts are really interesting. Like I love um, how I built this and Warcard has a podcast. So just like staying in tune with all of that too. Yeah, definitely like industry articles and really just knowing what's going on. You know, there's obviously a lot going on when it comes to diversity mm-hmm. in the industry, yeah. how have you seen it change even from a few years ago to now and especially what's going on in the mm-hmm. world? How has that kind of changed in your eyes? Mm-hmm. I think there's you know more light on diversity inclusion, which is so needed, especially in an industry like ours where we're making decisions on behalf of brands and creating content and marketing materials that so many eyes see. So as an agency, we've always, you know, pushed for that for our influencer casting, making sure that we're choosing, you know, different types of people from size, race, age, sex, location, like you name it, and making sure we're casting people that aren't all the same because that's just not representing our world. Um, so, and I think it goes beyond also just, you know, how we operate as a company, but goes back to our culture too. So, 
you know, we um, have invested in diversity and inclusion training and we've been doing those weekly and have been having really great conversations within our organization. Um, so I've been really thankful for that and thankful that, you know, this movement has happened and the change that is coming along with it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think even just seeing it firsthand with my feed, like I've already seen such a big change and a lot of people, you know, it's really great to see people supporting, you know, black owned businesses and just have, yeah, like you said, shedding light on those things. That's a good point. I feel like that has been such a drastic change. And it's, I mean, it's sad that it took this movement to make it happen but it is happening for a lot of brands. And it's like, it's great to see that. And so I, I certainly see that brands are putting like investment in, you know, the content they're pushing and like, thank goodness they are because it was much needed. I'd love to know how you're dealing with balancing social media when it comes to your job, because of course you're living and breathing social media because it's the line of work that you're in and you also have a personal social media, which is for fun. And it's, of course, something that you want to do in your downtime. But how do you unplug at night? And how have you been dealing with it, especially with working from home? That's a good question. I think like, it's difficult because it's like my Instagram is associated with work, but it's also personal. So it's like, it's all sort of like jumbled together. And also, I think some of the clients we work with have now become my friends. And so I don't feel like there's a real division in my life between like work and my personal life, which can cause a lot of chaos and a lot of stress, but then it's also, it's just like how it works. And it's also sort of like a cool and good thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't unplug tons. I think what I try to do, but I'm really bad at it is put my phone away at a certain time. And then I also try not to have my phone be the first thing I look at in the morning So I think those are things that I try and do, but like, trust me, I'm like the worst with it. And I'm like, right when I wake up, I'm like, Instagram, like, (laughs) you know, I'm like the worst, but I think also like shutting off email and Slack and all of that at like a decent time. I used to like work so late. Like I'd be like, it'd be like midnight. I'm in my bed on my computer writing emails. I don't take my computer to bed with me anymore. Like that is not allowed in the bedroom anymore. So I think little things like that have sort of helped. Yeah, I think with the pandemic, especially, I looked at my screen time and I think I was at like five hours a day. Oh yeah. No. Oh my gosh. Mine is like probably like way worse than that. I'm not joking. Like I think it's up to eight hours, but then I also like will leave my phone open on like Instagram and it doesn't auto close. So I think the hours are so off, but yeah, I mean, I think all of us are really like glued to our phones right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a problem. But at the same time, it's like, how can you really if that's your job, right? So I want to end things off with asking what has been the best piece of advice that you've received over the past years that you've been in the industry that until now you continue to take with you? I don't know if I've been given this necessarily, or I've just sort of like, absorbed it along the way, or just sort of like, watching people I guess um but going back to I think I said it earlier the learn by doing statement and I think that that is so helpful in your career like I think all of us are so fearful of you know doing the wrong thing or messing up or whatever and I think that when you think like that it's like holding you back from being successful and so 
I'd say go for it. Like send the email, even if you're afraid, present the project if you are afraid, just get it done. And, you know, you'll continue to learn and like become successful as you do. But you have to do, you know, the things that are going to get you to the next next step. And there's going to be a lot more hurdles along the way. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Inner Network Podcast. It was so nice getting to know more about Ali as well as Be Social Group. So make sure to check out her social media as well as Be Social Group and Be Social Uni. I'll be leaving all the links in the show notes.